Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life, promoting pathological positivity at Live on Purpose Radio. I have a fantastic guest with me here today. I know that's going to shock everybody because we always have fantastic guests. (laughs) But Nicolene, you are probably one of the most internationally renowned guests we've had. Wow, thanks. I know, cool, huh? Yeah, I had no idea. Everybody, this is Nicolene Peck. She is an author, a speaker, a trainer, a star of reality television. It's kind of ironic, actually. At least in Great Britain. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, especially in Great Britain. Although, they did sell our episode to Australia and to here. Yeah, uh, pretty much the whole English-speaking world bought our episode of the world's strictest parents, which was on BBC television, because it was the most watched episode ever on the BBC. They oh, made wow. a ton of money on us. We didn't make anything. That is world's <laughs> strictest parents. Scary, huh? Hmm. It sounds <laughs> ominous, doesn't it? I know. It There's a story behind this. Nicolene, you've shared this with me, but I would love to have our our listeners find out a little bit more about how all of this happened. You were on a reality TV show in Great Britain. Tell us the story. How did this happen? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a a wild thing, really. Um, Kind of ironic, because our family does not even really watch TV. So, I mean, we we have like a one night a week movie night as a family, and that's it. Because you're the world's strictest (laughs) parents. I guess. It's really because we just love having other things to do with family time than just sit in front of the TV. Other things that seem more productive to you. We do. We read a lot. We play a lot of games. We we do a lot of projects together, and mm-hmm. and that just seems to be what we want to do with our family mm-hmm. a little bit more. Anyway, so it was kind of funny that we were on it. Um, they actually had this program going for a whole season before they got to us, and it was really popular over in Great Britain. Apparently, mm-hmm. it was kind of like American Idol was here in the United States a, a few years oh, back. Wow. So really, really popular High show. popularity. Yeah, we were the second season. And the whole point of the show is really basic. They take two naughty, as they call them, or troubled British teenagers mm-hmm. and place them somewhere else in the world. So like Belize oh. or like Israel or... Utah, (laughs) which is where they picked, or they've done many in the United States, Oklahoma, Alabama, different places. Um, And then they see if they go into these homes that have um, different different, um, values, different belief systems, because every one of the places had strong beliefs, strong religions of one way, one point or another. and that they would have some sort of a change of heart. And that's what happened. So I was not wow. looking for this opportunity. They just found us, actually. So you didn't apply or think, hey, no. we want to be featured on the No, I would never strictest. apply for this. In fact, actually, when they first asked us, we said no. 
We said we wouldn't do it. But did your did your neighbors rat you out, or how did they find you? <laughs> no. Do you know? Actually, um, they really wanted someone from Utah. They okay. thought that was you know that was going to be interesting to see someone mm-hmm. in the Mountain West. You know. Okay. And they they heard we're kind of a you know religious group of people out here. I guess even though not right. everybody's the same religion, There's but a certain still. reputation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So they it. wanted someone from Utah, um, and they contacted churches and things. And the churches were like, "Ah, oh, no, we don't refer people out for stuff not like so much, that. right? Yeah, no." And so they thought, "How are we going to find somebody?" And they came up with this idea that they would. Contact contact music teachers of note in the area because they thought people who are really, you know, strict or principled, they're going to put their kids into music lessons because it would be cultured, right? Totally makes sense. I guess. I thought it was kind of smart. (laughs) Anyway, so they contacted (laughs) music teachers and they found ours. He's quite renowned and, and he actually referred them to us. (laughs) So your music teacher. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know a person who's great with troubled teens. She used to have foster children people have her teach all over right and, and i remember this yeah. about you you've had foster kids in your home yeah for many years we did foster care for really troubled youth for the so, utah youth village so you were you were practiced you yeah had some experience yeah oh yeah absolutely in fact um as i thought about it afterwards so like i said when they asked us we said no um, cause I thought, boy, that's, that's crazy. I mean, they could do anything in editing. They could make us look like lunatics. <laughs> freak show waiting to happen here. I know. And, and then, um, we just really pondered on it and, and really tried to feel what it was we were supposed to do. So right here we yeah. are on li- live on purpose radio, right? Yeah. We knew we had to do it. Had to. So, um, in the well, end we the, told them we would. One thing I already know about you, Nicolene, is that you're very mission driven. There is a purpose behind everything that you're doing. And so when you share this part of the story, you're glossing over it just a little. Yeah. But folks, as you hear this, hear that there is a clear purpose. And, and Nicolene, as you wait out this opportunity, you know, does this get to be the freak show from Utah or is this an opportunity for you to further your purpose and your mission? Yeah. Which is much broader than this show. Um, but something that you feel driven to do and you and your husband felt conjointly that this was in alignment with your purpose. Well, absolutely. You know, Shakespeare in uh, Twelfth Night, he he says, some people are born to greatness. Some people achieve greatness. Some people have greatness Mm. thrust upon them. This Mm -hmm. was certainly one of those experiences where I felt like, okay, um, we are just having this thrown at us and it is certainly not something that we would have looked for ourselves, but is clearly meant to be. And we could see that. Mm -hmm. And after we said no and then said yes, Mm -hmm. I realized, um, anyone could have gone out looking for an opportunity to just be popular or show their family off or something but that actually our family was prepared for this. All those years of foster care made it so that I wasn't going to see anything that shocked me. Never. There wasn't going to be any emotional Mm. response that would ever happen at my house, not like at other houses, because I already had seen behaviors I didn't even know existed in the world. And I had lived with them. I had, um, you know, done therapy for them. I had helped them overcome and learn well, self-government dealt with it in the trenches yeah and so actually these kids from you know people will say when they see the bbc show oh, they were so 
awful. How did you do it? And I always just kind of smile and and think to myself, they were actually nothing compared to some of the foster youth that I lived with. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, um, So the show just kind of flowed along with and was a natural extension of what you were already doing. Yeah. With your family. Now, there's this concept. Well, first of all, before I get off onto that, is there anything else you want to tell us about that show? Any experiences you had or, or there's things so that much that we could say. I could I could give you the whole the whole unplugged. I hope people will go mm. see it. If they go to teachingselfgovernment.com and click the video tab. Oh, is they the episode can see there? It. The whole thing is there. Ah, and they we'll can put watch up a it. Link. Yes. So that they can they can go see that because I think it would be fascinating for people. There were a couple of things um, that I think I, I would like to point out in the show. The first thing is for two days they run away. And they yell and they have tantrums. And the whole time I'm just calm. That's why it became the most watched episode ever. I'm calm but very, very firm, very deliberate. People expected you to fight back. Right, because that's what a lot of other families have done on the show. Yeah. On the other episodes. But I always just said, it seems to me that you want to tell me something. I would like to know what that is. But we need to choose to be calm first. Then we can talk about it. And they could not pass that point until they became calm and they knew it. And so, and I also have, you know, a a system I set up with them right as they arrived that they knew the skills they needed to have. We had practiced. They don't show that in the, in the program, but we had taught them quite a bit before they all of a sudden had all their tantrums. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, finally, after two days of that, they, both of them said to me almost simultaneously, um, it was one last time where I said, you know, it seems to me you want to tell me something, but you need to choose to be calm first. You're a broken record. No, it really was. They heard it probably 60 times in two days because uh-huh. they just kept saying, you're going to ruin your children. They're too sheltered. Your dog doesn't get walked enough. These you know, teenagers were yeah, telling they're that? They're just trying anything. Or the anything. production team. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the teenagers. The production team loved. Oh, That's man. a whole other story, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it is. I could talk about them forever. Yeah. They're fabulous. Anyway, but um, but then finally they said to me in unison, calm, calm, calm. You're always so calm. It makes me so mad that you're so calm. And that wow. was amazing. Never in all my years of doing foster care had I heard someone beg for me not to be calm. Because they had no idea what to do with it. They, they didn't. It was so much bigger than them. They also had to impress their friends. Like they came into this already having seen a whole season, right? So they knew they had right. to get a rise out of us and it wasn't working. No trick they knew, no manipulation they knew could conquer the calmness it that we had there. It wouldn't tip you over. You were prepared to be calm no, no matter, matter what. <laughs> and Beautiful. I had all the principles because I had done that for years and years and years. And I knew that was the power. It's like, please give me something I yeah. haven't seen. Exactly. Then there's this one part and you don't get to see this in the show. So this is sneak peek behind the scenes. Uh-huh. I wish they would have showed this. Um, but the next day, so it's like the end of day three and I'm making jam with Hannah in the kitchen. And I said, you know, Hannah, for two days you were so upset and angry and, and now you're so happy. What happened? And she said the most profound thing. She said, you know, Nicolene, at my house, if I yell, I get my way, or at least somebody yells back. But here, you guys are just so calm, it didn't work. Mm. And so I chose to be calm, too. That's a huge lesson. Wow. Yeah, if you think of that. She is actually teaching parents right there. And I wish they would have put that part that on the show. That is huge. But that was one of those moments they filmed with the kind of like the 
the backup camera, so it probably mm-hmm. wasn't the best footage they didn't use it. But mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, the that show was um, was edited really beautifully though, and it was done in such a fantastic way. At the end of the show, you see them crying; they don't want to go, um, like really don't want to go. They both asked if they could stay at our home. Um, they said, you know, we feel so safe here. Please don't make us go. Uh, so in the end, um, the world's strictest parents really were the world's safest parents. That's what they showed. Even the yeah. camera crew didn't want to go. Strict, that word. It conjures up all kinds of images, and it does not mean mean. No. In fact, um, semantically, that word's been changed. Mm-hmm. So the word strict now in most people's minds means ornery. You know, right? But actually, unyielding. Yes, a person who unapproachable, who, who won't understand, who won't you know all and those mean. kinds of things. Yeah, when yeah. actually a person who is strict. If you look back in Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary, it mm-hmm. says a person who governs themselves by a set set of principles, and. We definitely are that. In fact, when I realized that, I then was finally okay being called the world's strictest You can strictest wear it parents. as a badge of honor, huh? <laughs> yes. If you yes. were the world's strictest mom. Yeah. That would be okay. Yeah. It means you, know, you hold to your principles. It's true. You know, strict um, parents, people who are strict actually also acknowledge something really important. Um, they respect and acknowledge the relationships. When a parent is strict, that means that they have deep respect for their child and the role Mm -hmm. that that child has. Um, A strict parent understands roles really well. And I think we have a problem in society today. Parents are having a hard time knowing what their role should be. There's been a lot of confusing uh, talk, philosophy thrown around for a number of years now about what it means to be a parent, what a parent should be and shouldn't be. And I think people find themselves scrambling a lot Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. to try to figure out what would be best. Right. Yeah. When those principles are there, it gives you something to hang on to. Mm-hmm. And then it's no longer about who's right. It's about what's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is kind of fun. We're going to take a little break. Okay. We'll be right back. You've heard the question a hundred times. Is the glass half empty or half full? If we are in negativity mode, we see the glass as half empty. Anyone can see it's half empty. When we are feeling negative, we focus on what is missing and lament the lack of water in the glass. When we are feeling more positive, we see the glass as half full. Of course it is half full. Anyone can see that. We focus on what we desire and celebrate the presence of water. Then there are those who see it as completely full all the time. These seemingly crazy people are not just positive, they are pathologically positive. Pathological positivity is an empowering mental supernormality that lifts us above the normal perception of reality. It is a higher level of thinking. We see the glass and our lives as completely full, even in the toughest situations. If you've enjoyed Live On Purpose Radio, then you will love Dr. Paul Jenkins' book on pathological positivity. Available now to order, visit pathologicalpositivity.com to get your copy today. That's pathologicalpositivity.com. Thank you for listening to Live on Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. 
please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com A leader must have the courage to act against an expert's advice. James Callaghan, British Prime Minister. So, Nicolene, we've we've got a lot of things rolling here, and we could go a lot of different directions. But I'm sure that the, our listeners are probably wondering, what are these principles? What are these principles that allowed you to take two unruly British teens and somehow have them weeping and begging to stay with the world's strictest parents? (laughs) We spent a little time defining strict, and and I think that is a key, but there are some other principles behind this. You you talk about self-government. Yeah. And teaching principles of self-government to children. Can you walk us down that path a little bit? Yeah. Uh, Self-government. That is a term that is not new. Although for many people nowadays, they're just kind of learning again what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Self-government was something that Anglo-Saxons really knew and understood. Self-government was something that the uh, children of Israel understood and and knew. Moses Mm -hmm. set up a a system of government with all of the children of Israel based upon the idea that they would be a self-governing people. Same with the Anglo-Saxons. Same with, incidentally enough, the founders of the United States of America. So this idea of self-government, what does that mean? Well, in a nutshell, um, if you were to ask a historian what that means, somebody who studied history, they would say that self-government is governing from the smallest place first. So from the individual, then then to the family, Mm -hmm. then to your immediate like neighborhood or church group, and then to your community, and then to your city, and then to your state, and then to your nation, and then to the world. Okay, so the problem should be solved individually first. So that would be how a historian historian would describe it. Um, As I have been in the business now of teaching people self-government for over 15 years, I have realized that self-government can be summed up with two different principles. So it's being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. And, and oh, I could expand on both of those for a long time. Yeah, yeah but so the, the first one is you have to have an understanding of cause and effect, which means there must be a moral base. The more our society goes away from having a moral base, the more our society will not be a self-governing people. Um, but as, mm. a, as a family, you can make sure you have a moral base. You can mm-hmm. make sure that there is cause and effect that is taught and that 
that the children understand good equals good, bad equals bad, and that they want to strive to conquer themselves so that they can get the results that they want. That leads to the second part, which is you have to be in a constant state of assessing yourself. Now, how do Mm -hmm. I assess myself? Well, I'm going to look at my flaws. I'm going to maybe write in a journal how I'm doing. How are my children going to assess themselves with me? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell them, this is what I see happening. This is what should be happening. These are actually the negative consequences of that decision. I'm going to help my children assess over and over and over again so that Mm -hmm. then soon they are very good at self-assessing. And really, when I go to train a family, it probably only takes hmm, a matter of 24 hours for a child to start self-assessing. get that principle. Yeah, because you teach them skills. Mm-hmm. I think that we're we're living uh, at a time when when maybe people aren't thinking so much about skills as they are about punishments and and chores and consequences. Mm-hmm. Skills are super important. That's the proactive side of teaching children. That's um, you don't want to always be on the reactive. So the proactive side is where right. you teach them. This is how you follow an instruction. This is how you accept a no answer. This is how you accept a consequence. This is how you disagree appropriately. I actually have children's mm-hmm. books that are about all of those. Right. Right. I have a few of them right here on my desk. Yeah. And I was just going to comment that you've broken this down. So it's it's in a format that is easily accessible to children, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, makes it more accessible to parents. Yeah, because some parents actually stop their learning at the children's books. Although I always hope that they'll go all the way into Parenting a House United, which is my which is my big book that teaches them how to get the proper tone and the structure Mm -hmm. in the home to make those Uh, to help those skills take root. That is the manual for the parents. But you've included a nice little page at the end of each of your children's books for the parents. I have. And if they read that, they can learn so much. And then you break it down into skills. So there are four steps or there are five steps. Here's what they are. Here's how they are are Mm -hmm. done. And the characters in the book walk you through how that actually happens. Mm -hmm. They show you examples. They're rhymy and cute. And my illustrator Mm -hmm. is a genius. Oh, your illustrations are amazing. Yeah. They're really, really fun. The the children just love them. I'm particularly fond of, of the one that's Porter earns a quarter. Yes. Because I have an autographed copy (laughs) by Porter. (laughs) Porter's sitting here with us. He's smiling right now. He's actually quite famous. You know, we went on a family teaching tour in England a year ago, and uh, we went all over churches, town halls. And your celebrities over there. Yeah. And at least so, people who follow the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And, um, and we taught them how to set up a system of a family government. That's what we call it. So a place. So there's self-government first, mm-hmm. and then family government. Because you see the inside the out. Next level. Right. Well, the family government helps maintain each person's ability to be so solid. If, if a family has solidarity and a lot of people will say they want their, their families to be, have spiritual solidarity. Well, that means that each person is solid. Well, any family that wants to be solid, each person must be self-governed. Otherwise it throws off the whole government. So the family government can nurture the Mm self-government and, and provide support skills and correct the problems. Now correcting the problems are probably the hardest things for parents. How do I correct the problems? Be calm, teach a skill, you know, not take it personal. Remain respectful. Yeah. yeah. How Mm -hmm. do I do this? And that's what I detail in the book, um, parenting house United. Parenting a House United. I've got that in front yeah. of me as well. Um, wonderful. So self-government. I, I, as you were sharing this, I, I was picturing, okay, yeah, that makes a, a whole lot of sense. A lot of times we complain about 
how the national government's getting too involved with this or that, mm-hmm. and we wish they would let the states do more, mm-hmm. and then the communities are wishing that the states would let them do more. But at a very fundamental level, it starts with self-government. Yeah. Yourself, and then you're saying then create a family environment around that mm-hmm. that protects and empowers the ability of every individual in that family to do just that, to, to self-govern. Well, and to meet your potential. If you're always bound by your emotions, because really, um, emotional control means bondage. That's mm. what it means. If you are bound by your emotions, then you will never reach your full potential. You will always feel like the servant of your feelings. So, mm. and, and feelings so and feelings really come from a physical place. If you ask C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis to describe what a person is, he would say a person has three components that you have a body, which is your feelings, your desires, your appetites, all mm-hmm. of your senses. Then you have a mind, which does all of your logic. It's your intellect. Mm -hmm. But then you have your chest, he calls it. I call it a heart or a spirit. Mm. He calls it a chest. He wrote this in his his essay, Men Without Chests. He said the men, the the people in the world are in danger of being taken over by men without chests, meaning they're not listening to the right voice. They're just listening to the voice of their body. And the way he describes it, it was very clear to me that the brain is actually a puppet. That if my body says, I want, I want, I need, I need, I can get my brain to rationalize it for me. Oh, you can come up with the arguments. Yes. But if my, if my heart says, I will, I must, Mm. this is what I need to do. I turn my will over to this project. I will give my will to, to God, to goodness, to helping families, to whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Then my brain will also help me accomplish that. So this brain can be this puppet and that really is the essence of a person governing themselves. And when I teach this to people and I teach these skills, these basic skills, how to follow an instruction, pretty basic. Pretty basic. Yeah. Grandparents and parents will come up to me. I had this one grandmother come up to me a little while back and she's like, Nicolene, I just had to see a person who was living their mission. And I want you to know that when we taught our grandchildren how to follow instructions, that changed four generations. It changed the grandparents, Mm. it changed their parents, it changed them, and it changed the next generation because now all four of those generations have learned what self-government means. Mm -hmm. They've learned how that you can deliberately, on purpose, Mm -hmm. make a choice for yourself, and you can pick your own happiness, and you can pick your own, uh, your own, positive consequences or negative consequences you can change your relationships you can change everything um it really is a powerful place once you understand mm-hmm. the concept and children can understand it just by being taught how to accept a no answer from mom and dad how to accept a no answer or concepts of obedience the connection between uh choices and consequences mm-hmm. these are not complicated principles no super simple basic but they actually take the will being engaged though Right, yeah. and and that's something that I think we're losing sight of too much in our societies. There, I, I hear parents all of the time being apologetic or trying to not go to the place of values and morals and ethics, which 
is completely the wrong direction. It's called modern progressive parenting. After I did the show, mm. um, The World's Strictest Parents, there was an author, um, a, a writer named Mark Wanstall over in England. He wrote an article called What Can We Learn from the World's Strictest Parents? And one thing that he said in there was that there, that all of the parents in The World's Strictest Parents, even the ones that really were ornery, mm-hmm. at least they knew what it meant to be a parent where right. uh, where all of these kids came from families with modern progressive parents who thought it was their goal to become the, the child's friend that's a different thing yeah you don't have to be their enemy either though see that's the thing right. is people feel like well i either have to be an ogre or their friend Th- those aren't the only two options you can be their leader their confidant you can be their guide mm. you can be you know something else which would you rather would you rather have your kids doing things out of fear or rebellion or would you rather have them inspired by you yeah and that has to come from the chest as c.s lewis put it truth a, and a parent, Authenticity. a parent who is deliberate in the way that they talk to their children and teaches them skills um, is a parent who actually is teaching the children truth. When they can feel the right. truth, they change. Their hearts change. It's not manipulative. If you're just mm-hmm. trying to trick a child into good behavior, you're manipulating them. That's lying. And that doesn't sit well for you. No. That's not good for your soul. No. Absolutely. If I can use the word soul. Yeah, absolutely. Well, C.S. Lewis did. <sighs> Nicolene, you have a plethora of resources for parents, for children, for leaders, for teachers. Let's give people a way to get to that. Now, you mentioned your website. Right. TeachingSelfGovernment.com. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. That's all one word, TeachingSelfGovernment.com. And just before the show, you made a very generous offer to our listeners. Would you like to share that? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who hears this broadcast can get 20% off anything on teachingselfgovernment.com by using a coupon code TSG. That stands for Teaching Self-Government. TSG Deals. And just squish it all together, type it in. You do have to log in first, though. So if you don't have a login, because it does only let you use the code once. You only that's get why it once. That's why we have to have a login. So, so you have Nicole, to log in. Does this work for, for events, for books, for Anything. Products, if you want to come to a site. couple's retreat to Cancun, you can use wow, it. Wow, 20% off. <laughs> sure. Folks, pay attention to this. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. So TSG Deals mm-hmm. is the coupon code mm-hmm. that's a one-time use, anything on the site. Absolutely. As they log in and, and find out which resources are going to be the best for them. Absolutely. They yeah. can also watch a full episode of, of the World's, World's Strictest, Strictest Parents, Parents starring yeah. the Peck family. <laughs> yes. From right here in Tooele, Utah. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nicolene. It for was being my pleasure. Everybody, it's time to go out there and live on purpose. <laughs>